0: From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the Chesapeake Bay, Virginia is a mecca for outdoor travel and adventure. Virginia Outdoor Adventures podcast brings listeners stories and recommendations from leaders and influencers across the Virginia outdoor community. Get the information and the inspiration to plan your own adventure right here in Virginia. I'm your host, Jessica Bowser. Are you dreaming of the perfect hike that will make everyone in your family happy? Erin Gifford is the founder of GoHikeVirginia.com, a site where hikers can find detailed information about trails across the Commonwealth. Erin has been writing about travel and the outdoors for more than a decade. Her latest book, Hiking with Kids Virginia, 52 Great Hikes for Families, provides all the info you need to plan a winning day hike. Whether you're hiking with kids or just looking for an interesting but less challenging hike for adults, Erin's book is the resource you need to keep everyone happy in the great outdoors. Let's go! With the arrival of spring and warmer temperatures, Virginia Wildlife is waking up, and the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources is ready to connect you to the wonders of nature. DWR is proud to connect kids to the outdoors through the Virginia Wildlife Grant Program. In 2022, 23 nonprofits, colleges, and universities woke up to grant awards exceeding $180,000 for programs such as archery, boating, fishing, hunting, and wildlife viewing. You can support this DWR effort through your purchase of apparel, wildlife guides, and outdoor gear at the DWR Shop. The outdoors are better together. Help DWR connect youth to the outdoors by clicking on Shop DWR in your show notes, or learn more about the grant program by clicking on Virginia Wildlife Grant Program, also located in the show notes of your listening app. Blue Ridge Outdoors Magazine takes readers deep into the mountains, covering adventure, recreation, travel, and culture. The largest free independent outdoor lifestyle magazine in the country, Blue Ridge Outdoors is dedicated to inspiring people in the Blue Ridge and beyond to go outside and play. Every issue includes coverage of top scenic destinations, multi-sport spotlights, interviews with inspiring adventurers, new gear reviews, and features on regional music and culture. The April family issue is now on stands, which highlights parents who raise outdoor kids in a digital world, plus youth orienteering programs, fresh gear for family adventures, pointers on beginner backpacking and finding a campsite and more. Check out Blue Ridge Outdoors magazine on newsstands monthly or click the link in your show notes to visit blueridgeoutdoors.com Aaron, welcome to Virginia Outdoor Adventures. Oh, Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I feel like I've been
1: following you for so long and it's exciting to finally uh, get a chance to be on the podcast and talk more about something we both love, which of course is hiking on Virginia's trails. Erin, what do you love about Virginia's outdoors? I think for me, what I love is just kind of the diversity. I feel like we have so much here. You can ski, you can surf, you can hike, you can go fishing and just throughout the course of hiking across the state over the last 2 years i mean it's been amazing to see you know the waterfalls the wetlands the mountains rock scrambles i mean there's just so many different things we really do have a he- have everything here you don't really need to go out of the state to be able to do kind of any kind of hike that you want or have the outdoor experience that you want
0: I think that's right. I recently was talking to somebody who said that before the pandemic, they thought about hiking as something you only do out West. Uh And then they became aware of all that there is to do here. And now they're not interested in leaving the state anytime soon, because they want to tackle some of the bucket lists that they've created for themselves right here in Virginia. So yeah, yeah, you make a really good point. Um, You have a new book out called hiking with kids, Virginia, 52 great hikes for families, but long before the this book came out. You created a website called Go Hike Virginia. Can you describe the site and the resource that it offers? Thanks. Yeah, I actually started it right at the beginning of
1: the pandemic. I think a lot of people had their pandemic project and this was mine. So before the pandemic, I'd been a freelance travel writer for a number of years. And you know, as we both know, people stopped traveling when the pandemic happened. And so I was kind of thinking about well, what else can I do right now? And I really enjoyed hiking and getting outdoors and I wanted to help other families and other people get outdoors and have positive experiences. So I started this website called GoHikeVirginia.com. And basically, I mean, I would just go out hiking and then I would write up a post on a hike and this is what to expect. Here's some photos you can expect to see. Here's what the parking situation is like. Here's, you know, are there restrooms? Are there not restrooms? Just to give people a good idea of what's there before they get out in their, you know, get in their car and and you know drive an hour or drive half an hour to find a place to hike. They want to know whether it's going to be a good experience, especially when you're bringing kids along. You really want to make sure that you know it's going to be a win for you and your family. So that's been a lot of fun over the last two years to just keep building the site and keep adding more hikes to it.
0: I think your website is probably one of the best resources that I've seen out there. In fact, I have been in situations where I couldn't find information about a hike anywhere (laughs) except on your website. And before we hit record, we were chatting about how just a couple of days ago, I was going to go to the channels. And it would have been my first time at the channels. And I was driving from St. Paul, Virginia, to Roanoke, where I was meeting with the podcast guest. So I had a, a very specific window of time to get to the channels. And I could not find a trail map online to save my life. I couldn't find the right directions. The directions were taking me to what I think was a a different entrance to the preserve. Um, And I was really worried that I was going to get lost in the channels and turned around. And so after like getting really frustrated searching for the information, I went, oh my gosh, I know who would know this. And so I went to Go Hike Virginia and I searched the channels and your article about the channels came up and all of the information that I needed was there. In fact, it was enough information to make me realize that today was not the right day to go visit the channels because i didn't have the right amount of time to do it correctly and it would be better if i came back another day so you kind of saved my butt on that it's a really (laughs) wonderful resource oh thank you thank you and you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) um and you have more than just hikes on go hike Virginia you have information on how to get started hiking what to bring on a day hike how to find a hiking buddy or a hiking group which that's a question that I get a lot like especially on social media I get a lot of messages from people asking me how to find groups or how to find people to go with and you've got that all linked on your site so that's awesome
1: Thanks. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, as I was putting this site together and the more hikes I I started writing about and the more I was posting them on Facebook and, you know, sharing them in the group, they, you know, I realized that people do have these questions, you know, even though I like to hike on my own a lot, I realized that a lot of people don't, a lot of people aren't super comfortable with hiking alone on a trail. So they do look for groups and they do want to know, do I need trekking poles? Do I not? What kind of gear do I need? You know, they want these beginner tips. They want to know what they should eat before or after or for lunch. And you know, there there are a lot of questions out there. So while I'm I'm putting these hikes up on the site, I'm also trying to be cognizant of, you know, what other questions do people have about hiking.
0: Was that part of your inspiration for writing Hiking with Kids Virginia? definitely was part of it. I mean, I wanted to make sure that, you know, moms
1: and dads and families knew where to go, but I also wanted to make sure that they knew how to kind of plan for the experience, that they knew what to bring, you know, that they knew to bring enough water, that they knew to, you know, get there early because a lot of trailheads, the parking lots can fill up quickly. So, you know, kind of what I, uh, you know, alluded to earlier was I just want to make sure that people have positive experiences. I mean, you and I, we both love getting outdoors and hiking and and doing lots of things outside, but you know, some people are kind of new to it, you know, and you want to make sure that if they're just getting into it, you want to make sure that they enjoy it as much as you and I do. So that's what I kind of strive for.
0: Yeah. And why would you say it's important for kids to be outside? I think, I mean, the
1: biggest thing, I mean, just kind of watching my four kids is, and you know, a lot of other families feel this way too, is that The electronic devices, I mean, they have an overpowering draw on kids, including my own kids. You know, it can be really hard when, you know, they have a choice between, uh, you know, playing Lego Batman on their device and going out on a hike. I mean, sometimes or a lot of times, you know, the, the, the Nintendo Switch can win out. So you want to find experiences that will make them want to say, yes, I want to go outside. And also, I mean, there's just so many benefits, as you know, to getting outside. You know, it's good for your mood. It's good for brain function, getting the vitamin D and just generally getting outside and taking in the fresh air. You know, that's why it's important for kids to get outside.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you talk in the beginning of of your book, in the introduction about... Virginia being such a unique state and all of the really interesting things that there are here that that will draw kids attention so you're not just going out into the forest and seeing nothing but trees and then coming yes. back that um, there's so much variety out there so talk about that yeah I mean the great thing about Virginia is there
1: really there's hikes for all levels you know from starter hikes for new hikers to more challenging hikes to kind of get you and your kids to you know push your limits to really dig in and you know, make it to the top of that peak or make it up that rock scramble, just so many, you know, different things to see, you know, something I talk about too is, you know, if you go on, you know, three mile hike and it's just through the trees and through the forest, as you said, you know, that's kind of boring, you know, it's, it's great to get your kids outside, but you want them to want to get outside a second time and a third time and a fourth time. So you've got to, you know, you know, look for these other hikes and outdoor experiences. And fortunately, Virginia has so many different things you can see. And, and the good thing, too, is that, you know, you can do a wetlands hike on the eastern shore and then, you know, maybe you're only two or three hours from, you know, a hike with a, you know, a mountain peak, a mountain peak. You know, there's just so much and it's really not that far from each other.
0: Right. And also, you could go to a fossil beach and look for fossils or prehistoric shark teeth. You can go to a waterfall. There's historic sites that are really interesting. Are there any that your kids in particular really loved like something that was unique that you wouldn't find somewhere else?
1: You know, one of my favorite hikes that I've done with my kids is actually in Virginia Beach, and it was the Bald Cypress Trail. I'm sure you've been, or maybe you've been, yep. um, mm-hmm. which I would just went. I had never seen Bald Cypress trees before. And just to see these trees, like, sprouting out of this freshwater swamp, you, you're just kind of like, wow, what is this? <laughs> you know, and the really cool thing about that trail, too, in particular, is that, you know, it's, it's less than two miles and you're seeing these you're in the shade and you're seeing these amazing bald cypress trees in these swamps and it's so cool but then you're literally across the street from the sandy beach so you could spend the morning or spend an hour or so kind of walking these trails on the trail side and then you walk to the other side throw it on your beach towel and then the kids can enjoy you know splashing in the ocean or the bay beach it's amazing
0: it really is did you see the rainbow swamp the funny thing is is that i whenever you see that effect
1: um It's always on the Bald Cypress Trail, but I actually saw it at Belle Isle State Park. And Mm -hmm. I actually have seen it here in Northern Virginia. I was out not even that long ago, maybe a month or so ago, um, and was able to see kind of that rainbow effect on the water, kind of like when the sun hits the the swampy water in just the right way, you can get that kind of rainbow effect. And it was really cool. I just happened to stumble upon it when I was hiking at um, Belle Isle State Park on the it's nice yeah. at the northern neck. I always get them kind of confused. I know there's three peninsulas, so I couldn't tell you which It's peninsula. middle peninsula. Yeah, I okay, think it's the middle, middle peninsula. peninsula. But yeah,
0: the rainbow swamp is an interesting effect. You can see it in lots of places, but I think it's pretty yeah. well known on the bald cypress. And usually yes. it's in the winter because what happens is that's the, right. the leaves from the trees fall into the swamp and they begin to decompose. And there's a specific type of chemical or tannin or something, I believe, mm-hmm. that's released that causes a chemical reaction that creates that rainbow effect. And so you're walking through... The swamp. And you just see like this rainbow colored effect across the top. And that's a really cool thing to see. So that's yeah. something that would also capture kids attention. Um, I yeah. want to really like dive into this book. But before I do, I honestly so thank you for the book. I've really enjoyed reading <laughs> it. Um, I honestly think you could change the title of this book to um, Hiking for Beginners or 52 Easy Hikes in Virginia and never change another thing inside (laughs) and and be able to sell it under a completely different title because it's not just for kids. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, it's just for anyone who wants to get out
1: and, you know, maybe you're going on your first hike or even your fifth hike and you just want something that's interesting and engaging and, you know, maybe not too challenging, but you know, maybe challenging enough that you'll, you'll get out there and enjoy it. So you're exactly Mm -hmm. right. So I think these are good for kids, you know, but good for kind of all ages. I enjoy them all, you know, and I did some of the hikes with my kids, but you know, I probably did more of them on my own because sometimes, you know, it's, it's Southwest Virginia, it's seven hours away. Kids are in school. So I couldn't, it wasn't always feasible to take them on every single hike, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I personally enjoyed every single one of them.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I can see a lot of reasons why you might want a beginner hike, even if you're not hiking with kids. Like, let's say your parents come into town and they want to try something. Or I often get messages from people saying they have family members coming into town and they want to show them something neat in Virginia but they don't want something difficult. Um, Or, you Mm -hmm. know, they have elderly parents who want to get outside or, um, you know, somebody who has limited mobility issues and would like Mm -hmm. to, you know, still try something but doesn't want something very challenging. Any one of the hikes in this book is suitable for those types of trips.
1: That's true. And I think it's nice too to have options beyond like, you know, a paved hike around a lake. And those are definitely nice, if that's what you're looking for. But it's nice to have you know, other options where you can, you know, some of these hikes, you can still get to a summit. One of the hikes in the book is Compton Peak and it's a great mountain view and it's only about a mile and it's not even that steep, Um, you know, but it's a great option even for new hikers, family hikers, people who want to take it easy. So it's, it's nice to, to have more options than just, you know, speaking of Shenandoah National Park, that's where Compton Peak is, as you know, um, you know, the Limberlost Trail. A lot of people gravitate toward that because it's a fully accessible trail. It's a flat trail. It's beautiful, but it's basically just kind of a loop in the forest. You know, I've seen deer mm-hmm. and various wildlife there. It's beautiful, but it's nice to have other options where again, you can have views or you can see waterfalls. I mean, I have a a whole, probably maybe a dozen um, Shenandoah National Par- Park hikes in this book, and I don't even think the Limberlost Trail is in this book. You know, I like I like other hikes that are not just kind of the basic flat hikes. Let's like challenge it a little bit more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I do want to maybe touch on a couple of these hikes, but before we do that, can let, let's describe how the book is organized. So. First of all, you have a whole primer on hiking with kids. Do you want to maybe just mention a couple of things that you think people need to know if they're going to head out on the trail with kids? Oh, absolutely. So when I was putting this together, so I
1: I put all the hikes together and then kind of at the end, I found it was really important to, um, you know, give parents the tips they need to make hiking with kids fun and not a miserable crying experience. Because, you know, I've been on so many hikes and I, I definitely have seen the kids out there who are struggling, you know, they're hot, they're hungry. They don't want to go on anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that's actually why kind of my first tip is just snacks. You know, it seems so simple, but like bring out the good snacks, like the snacks, you know, your kids love the snacks that you only bring out on special occasions, like bring them out for hiking. Your kids will absolutely love you. I mean, for me, my kids, I don't buy kind of the fruit snacks too often, you know, Those kind of the squishy ones, but mm-hmm. I mean, oh my gosh, they think it's like their birthday. If, you know, I break out the fruit snacks and oh, I just think that's so important just to have and bring the fruit snacks or whatever snacks your kids like, even if it's just M&Ms, bring the M&Ms, you know, bring anything that will get your kids excited uh, about being on the trail, having the M and M's, whatever it is. So I think yeah, that is as long kind
0: of- as it's not eighty degrees or ninety degrees, yes, don't bring ex- the M and
1: M's then. <laughs> exactly. I don't know, but it, that's definitely true. But sometimes I'm like, you know what? Their hands are covered in chocolate. That's okay because they're outside, and I don't see their switch anywhere. So that's cool, you know. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I have to, you know, uh, you know, make choices. I'm like, would I rather have them gooey and sticky and dirty, or you know, at home in their room? Playing a game, like well, sometimes sometimes I don't really want the gooey and sticky and dirty, but you know it is what it is. Right. So, um, you know, snacks, of course, is the first thing, and then, you know, I think friends, bringing your friends is really important. For, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, you know, it's fun for them to be out with a buddy, hiking in the trails, splashing in creeks, you know, going to see a waterfall. Uh, you know, it's enjoyable for them to be with a friend, but also for me uh, I find that my kids are much less likely to act up and, you know, act out when they're with a friend. I feel like the whole hike is just, you know, sunshine and roses when, you know, the kids have a friend with them. So I'm like, you want to bring a friend? Great. (laughs) You know, or if I suggest a hike, I'm like, who do you want to bring? Let's go. Mm -hmm. So I think those are kind of my two biggest tips, snacks and friends. I mean, I can tell you a few more. I mean, for me, um, I have to kind of tell myself to slow down and realize like, it's not a race. Just take it easy. Let your kids set the pace. Something I like to do is let my kids walk in front of me, not just so they can be the leader, which they do enjoy, but also just so I can kind of enjoy watching them experience nature, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. You know, just kind of watching them interact with stones or, you know, having them spot wildlife or having them pick up a hiking stick or 10 hiking sticks. You know, I just think it's fun to watch them and their own personal level of engagement with nature so
0: mhm Yeah, those are really really great tips. As someone who used to teach fourth grade, I felt like something I always had to do with my students before we went on a field trip was to walk them through a visual process of everything we were going to do and see on a particular field trip and how they were going to act (laughs) during those particular moments and also how not to act um, so that they were totally mentally prepared for something. Because oftentimes if kids are not mentally prepared for what they're about to get into they just they don't really know what to do and that's when the expectations just sort of go out the window right (laughs) so like having an expectation of what a hike is going to be like and and actually talking your kid through what is going to be happening this you know on this particular day and on this hike might get you a lot farther too when they're not caught off guard because it's not what they thought it was going to be
1: Yes, exactly. My kids are usually like, how far away is it? What are we going to see? How long is it? You know, they'll have, you know, five different questions and, and kind of along that expectations level, you know, I talk about kind of lowering your expectations, like set the bar low. So you're not kind of disappointed. You know, if, if my kid just makes it one mile, that's great. You know, that's not very far, but I'm like, great. We've been outside for 20 minutes. That's still good. But you know, one of my, my last tips that I think is really important is actually, I say I've got two more tips is, um, is planning for rewards, you know, mm. letting them know ahead of time, Hey, mm. we're going to get ice cream after, after the, after the hike or, you know, or whatever their favorite treat is. And also not just like saying we're going to get ice cream, but also knowing where that ice cream shop is like knowing where you're going to go afterward and knowing, um, whether it's open. That's also key, uh, you know, because- yeah. You know, a lot of the places, you know, you go to Shenandoah National Park. Well, a lot of the, um, you know, waysides, they're not open every day or, you know, their hours are very limited. And those are the places where you would get kind of the ice cream bars or the special treats. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're kind of in the middle of the park or you're kind of in between two of the entrance stations, it's going to be a lot farther of a drive to find that treat than if you were just going to the wayside, (laughs) you
0: know? Yep. That's a really great point. You don't want to set the expectation and then not be able to deliver.
1: I know exactly. And another problem too, is that, you know, a lot of, um, skyline drive, the, uh, cell signal is very spotty. So you might not be able to map right away to find, you know, that backup location for ice cream or for a special treat, if you can't get a signal. So that is, that is no good. Yeah. So, so, so you know, so I include these tips just to help parents again kind of help them to have a win on that hiking experience. You know, even if it's just some something as simple, like I said, it's just knowing where the ice cream shop is and knowing whether it's open. I mean, that can that can really mean the difference <laughs> between a day that's a win and a day that's not a win.
0: Did you know that you can become a member of Virginia Outdoor Adventures? For the same price as a cup of coffee once a month, you can receive a Virginia Outdoor Adventures membership while supporting the show. Members have access to the complete list of links and resources from each episode. Members also receive Virginia Outdoor Adventures vinyl stickers and a shout out on the show. If you're enjoying the show, please consider supporting me. Hit pause on your podcast player, go to your show notes and click on buy me a coffee where you can buy me a virtual coffee or sign up for a membership. You can also support me by subscribing to the show on your listening app help spread the word by sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends or on social media last but not least leave a five-star rating and review on apple podcasts thank you for your support let's talk a little bit more about the book and some of these specific hikes i love that you have these organized by sort of best of it's under the section trail finder but you have best hikes for cascading waterfalls, best hikes for wide open views, um, best with rock scrambles, best for little legs, best Uh historical sites, sandy beaches, dog friendly hikes. I mean, really, and then you also have them organized by region as well. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty easy to find something that you're looking for depending on the circumstances and where you're going to be. So that is a wonderful way to have this book organized for folks.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, you know, some people like different things. Some people like waterfalls, some people like mountain views, some people like beaches. So it's nice to be able to kind of at a glance, see what hikes have the different features you're looking for. And also, I mean, you know, like you said, it's, it's organized into six different regions so that it's easy to find hikes that are near you, or maybe hikes that are near, uh, you know, like a location where you're going to be vacationing. So I try to make it as easy as possible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, my favorite part. Let's talk about some of these specific (laughs) hikes. I'm very excited about this. So you already talked about the Bald Cypress Trail, and that is at First Landing State Park in Virginia Beach. So that's an awesome location. Um, Another one that I thought was really interesting is the first Battle of Manassas Trail. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, that is a great hike. That's probably
1: one of the first hikes I did, mostly because it's about 30 minutes from my house. So You know, as I was, you know, starting the website and starting to think about the book, you know, I kind of, you know, did circles around, you know, distance five miles from my house, 10 miles from my house. I started with the ones that were closest to my house. And I really enjoyed this one. This is at the Manassas National Battlefield Park. And it's one of the longer hikes in my book. It's about five and a half miles. But what I really enjoy about this hike is that you can, you know, incorporate a little bit of history, not a lot, you know, because kids might get turned off. You're trying to be too educational while on a hike but you know, there's some pretty cool placards there. When you first start this hike, you pass by the home of, I think it's the only, um, the only civilian casualty in all of the civil war. So it's kind of cool to, to pass this as, I think it was a woman who was sick and refused to leave her home. So it's kind of cool to, to read up on that and to see the house that's there. And, you know, when you get there too, they have, um, You know, just like national parks, they have the junior ranger activity booklets at the battlefield. So your kids can pick that up and they can complete different activities like word searches and, um, you know, finding activities where they have to find different things along the trail and get sworn in as as a junior ranger at the end. So this is a fun hike. Um, You also get to cross battlefields. And it's really amazing to think that, you know, the Civil War took place here, that people were actually out, you know, soldiers were out here with rifles and you can see, uh, you know, various field artillery that's on the, on the fields, on the trail. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of crazy to think, but I will say that one, the one kind of word to the wise on this hike is to, uh, you know, maybe either go in the morning or definitely bring sunblock because a lot of this trail is full sun. Yeah. So because of course you're crossing a battlefield, so yeah, it's just something to, good to think about.
0: Yeah, I won't do this hike when it's really super hot, because it's really (laughs) miserable. Like this is great in the fall, especially it's beautiful. Um, You also get a lot of wildlife through there. So it's great for that. Um, But if your kids are at least a uh, fourth grade or older, then they've gone through the Virginia Studies curriculum, and this the site is in the Virginia Studies curriculum as having been the first battle of the Civil War. And I used to love teaching about this because it's really funny that because it was the first battle, people didn't know what to expect, so they literally packed picnic baskets right. and showed up at the battle site <laughs> like it was like they were going to watch the Fourth of July fireworks, essentially. And then when the battle actually started, and people were you know soldiers were being killed and body parts were flying. And things got out of hand and the battle started to move and it was shifting towards the people who were there like they were watching a movie. It got really out of control. And to think that that actually happened is pretty wild. So it's really interesting for kids, but it's also a really good educational walk as well.
1: Yes, I know there's like there is a placard like early on the hike that discusses that. And I, rem- I remember thinking the same thing, like, I can't even believe this was happening, <laughs> that these yeah. people were just sitting here with because it does talk about on the placard about them with their wine bottles and picnic blankets and just sitting there enjoying the day.
0: I'm like, really? What is this? Yes, it's absolutely wild. But it's also a wonderful hike, even if there hadn't been any history there. It's just a beautiful open space mm-hmm. that is a wonderful place to enjoy in northern Virginia. Yes, Um, let's talk about Compton Gap. You mentioned it uh, for real briefly a moment ago, but talk more specifically about what makes us really unique. Yeah, this is a cool hike too. This is in Shenandoah National Parks,
1: North District. So close to Front Royal. And this is another one of those hikes. It was one of the very first hikes that I did, um, when I was, you know, getting outside early in the pandemic. And I really like this hike because it's pretty short. It's less than two and a half miles. And it lets you and your kids um, get on the Appalachian Trail, which I think, honestly, is kind of cool in and of itself. But then you kind of go about a mile or so and you get to this point where you can either go left or right and you'll go left and right during the course of the hike. But you go one way and you reach this Compton Peak and it's this beautiful view um, across the mountains and you can sit there with a snack and just take it all in. And it's it's really amazing. And then you kind of go back to that middle point and then you walk to the other side. And you go down a little bit and there's a really cool geological formation called a columnar jointing. Mm-hmm. And it it's very like, how do I describe it? I think I describe it as like
0: rock geometry or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like hexagonal just, pattern. Yes, Yeah. yeah, yeah that's and that pattern. is what it is.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting. And there's a little log at the bottom and you can just kind of sit there and stare at it and just wonder like, how did that happen? Like, how is it here? And how is it still here? So it's, it's pretty cool. And it's nice that it's, not a long hike, but you get that kind of the views, you get this really interesting rock formation, you get to be on the AT. I feel like it kind of has it all. So it's, it's a cool one.
0: It's a very cool one. Every Uh time I do this hike and I post a photo of it, it gets a ton of reactions because it just looks so cool. It's like a giant rock wall. And the rock wall is built of hexagons. And it reminds me of something you would see in Ireland, you know, like on the cliffs of, you know, in Ireland. And um, to think that this is right here in Virginia is really interesting. Most people don't know that this is here. And there's other examples of this in the park too. But this one is sort of the biggest and the best. And, you know, very easy. Fairly easy to get to. Um, I will say it is a little bit steep going down to that area. And, you know, you might need to help if you're with somebody who's struggling, whether that's kids or, you know, somebody who has other challenges, you might have to help them a little bit down the steep section. But once you get down there, it's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. I agree. Another one that I picked out that I thought is really neat, and this might have to do with the fact that I just got back from Breaks Interstate <laughs> Park and love that place so, so much. Yes. Um, talk about Breaks Interstate Park Loop.
1: Yeah, this is a trail. I kind of cobbled it together myself because I think if you go to Breaks Interstate Park, you'll find that a lot of the trails are really small. You know, they might be a tenth of a mile or they might be a half mile or one mile. So you can actually combine, I think I combined like four or five different trails. Into a loop, and it was really great because it had so many different features and so many different like wow moments. Because you know there were a couple of really cool viewpoints. I think, um, of course, I, I think it was the Tunnel Trail. Tunnel Trail kind of goes off of it, but there you know there's one viewpoint where you can go and you can see where the train comes through the mountain, and you know big views there. You can also do a little bit of a rock scramble. There's really cool rock formations. There's a hidden spring at one point. I think there's like a couple of small caves. So I thought it was just really neat. I just thought there were so many things that kept my attention the whole time I was walking. And and again, it's not very long. It was only about three and a half miles, but it was just so neat to be able to see just so many things that kept my attention and kept me going,
0: you know? Yeah, when you're walking through Breaks, it's it's a geologic wonderland. You're just yes. in awe the entire time and there's so many different features. Like you said, there's many, many overlooks. And this is the Grand Canyon of the South. You know, it earned that right. name. And so um, when you're standing at the overlooks, the view is just jaw dropping. It really, yes, it's, it's difficult to describe. You have to get there to see it. But then when you're <laughs> on the trail and you're walking through these giant rock geologic formations, um, you're just like, it, it will give you a pain in your neck just looking straight up the entire mm-hmm. time that you're hiking through. Um, and and that's one of the reasons why rock climbing has gotten really popular at breaks because of these huge geologic formations. So when you're hiking there, it really is incredible, and it's very very lush too. I don't know if you remember, but um, the whole mountainside, regardless of what season it is, is green with rhododendron and mountain laurel. So it's mm-hmm. green no matter what time of year you're there.
1: Yeah, I think I was there in not this year. It was it was in a November, so I think it was like mid to late fall, and it was really nice.
0: Yeah. I think that's a cool one. Very, very awesome. Yeah. I love that. I'm
1: very eager to get back there and just, just, just to that whole area, Southwest Virginia, but also to breaks in particular. Cause I think when I was there, it was a little bit in the off season. So yeah, it must've been November. So, you know, some of the cool things at the park, like the zip line, and I think they've got some, maybe a pool or a water park or something Mm -hmm. there, like other, other cool stuff that I think would be really fun in the summer had already shut down for the season but um but you know the trails were still there and of course <laughs> and uh, it was it was still really enjoyable
0: yeah actually it's a very fa- family friendly park because of all those things you just mentioned there's a restaurant yes. that's open during the busy season and there's lodges and there's cabins and you know there's a, there's accommodations on site so not only is there a lot to do but there's food and places to stay right there in the park so you really it's very self contained you don't have to go yes. anywhere outside the park if you don't want to that's true yeah. So that's, that's a great feature. <laughs> um, okay. So moving on to what this, this is a very interesting park too. Tri-State Peak is the name of the hike and that's located where? that is in i'm gonna probably botch this but i think cumberland gap national historical park i didn't botch
1: it okay well, i was like I know, I know it's
0: many words <laughs> that rolled right off your tongue <laughs> I know, that's right
1: i said it like it was no problem yeah no this is a this is a cool place this is about as far southwest as you can get in our state and it actually touches um tennessee i want to say and kentucky mm-hmm. um so this was really fun to go all the way down there and to see the cumberland gap and to see you know the work of Daniel Boone and, you know, his work to, you know, uh, shepherd people out West, but there's a really cool hike there. It's called Tri-State Peak and it's only about two and a half miles, which is nice. And something really cool about this is, you know, not just that you get to Tri-State Peak and you're actually standing on Tennessee, Virginia, and Kentucky, which is cool in and of itself. And it's, it's cool because you get there and you'll see these three different um, kind of signs, indicating what direction is which state and it you know has some fun facts like the state flower or um you know the state motto and that kind of thing um but then kind of on the way up there's different placards where you learn about daniel boone and you're learning uh, more about kind of the the different journeys through the cumberland gap so i think that was really enjoyable from an educational perspective Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and again this what cumberland gap was the the passage to the west when people Uh were moving westward and westward expansion was taking place and so you can actually stand in the gap which it's a gap because it's a gap in the mountains so where people would have wanted to move westward rather than having to go up and over the mountain they could pass through this gap in between the mountains so you had people moving westward they were most most of them were poor people looking for better opportunities or Uh in other words looking for land right um and the <laughs> civil war soldiers passed through there. And of course, before all of that, the indigenous people lived there and passed through there. Um, and, and before bison, that, though, the buffalo, that's right, that's what
1: I was saying. Yeah, say. was like, there were bison the who
0: li- that lived on the <laughs> East Coast. And most people had no idea that that was the case. Of course, they were hunted to extinction here. But at that time, buffalo passed through there as well. And so you can actually stand in the gap. There's a sign that says, this is the Cumberland Gap. And it talks about all of the historical moments and people who have passed through the gap and you can be right there. And, and um, if I remember correctly, the gap is where the trail up to Tri-State Peak starts. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I did not see the sign.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I was too eager to get started with the hike. I missed the sign that said this is where the gap is.
0: Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's really awesome when you get up there, because it's not just an overlook, they have Uh a whole structure built. And with, Uh you know, there's a roof and there's signs and you can, um, there's a sign for each state. So you know, when you're standing in front of that sign, the direction that you're looking out is either that's Virginia, or that's Tennessee, or that's Kentucky. And you the, the actual point where all three states touch is marked on the ground. So you can stand right on top of it. Yeah, it was very
1: cool. I think kids get excited about that, too, just being able to do that. But I was going to say one other thing you were talking about, the bison is, you know, something not too far away is the Wilderness Road State Park, which if you are in the area, I feel like that is such a must stop because there are, you know, there is a small herd. I think it's only four bison in the pasture but it's pretty there's amazing. more than that yeah more okay yeah it's I know it's a small heart I think maybe there were only four when I was there but um it, but it is pretty cool because there's a picnic table kind of right on the edge of the pasture where you can actually sit there with your lunch and just watch yeah. the bison going on with their day so that's that's really cool
0: yeah laying around and chewing grass like bison yeah. do <laughs> I thought
1: it was amazing I, was, I had no idea was yeah like they have a the whole state still
0: right they have a whole late 1700s frontier museum out there and Uh so you can see the the buildings that and of course this is this has all been built to show what it would have looked like back then during westward expansion but um it's a fort and you can go through the whole fort and, and see what life would have been like back then and they also have a really beautiful uh, museum that talks about the indigenous people that live there as well. And that's inside the visitor center. So there's just so much information. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's surrounded by all the beautiful mountains. So um, it's yeah. just a great place to be. And there's a bike trail too. So yes. really, like it's, it's not a big park, but you can easily spend a day there. Yeah. And you can also rent
1: bikes there. I wish I had spent more time. I had rented bikes, but that would have been fun because it is um, maybe five or six miles, I think you can bike along this trail and mm-hmm. pass the Buffalo and just continue on. I think it connects with another path too.
0: Yeah. But it's nice that's-
1: to have that option, you know, cause you're not always out with your bike, you know, or you can't always bring your bike everywhere. So it's nice to have a rental on, on site.
0: Yeah. Especially if you're traveling with a lot of people, mm-hmm. I think that's right. That's right. Um, Let's touch on just a couple of more. So um, the next one I wanted to talk about was the star trail. I actually just got back from this. I was there like two nights ago, but what is the star trail? Well, I love this trail. I think it is so fun. So the star trail is basically, it's a three
1: and a half mile hike. So it's about a, you know, 1.75 up 1.7 back. And it's a nice forested trail. It's kind of a, sl- a steady climb, but it's such a big reward when you get to the top because you reach the top and it's the Roanoke star. It's also called the mill mountain star. And it's this hundred foot tall man-made star. And it's the tallest man-made star in the world. And it's just so cool to get up there. And not only do you see the star, but there's also this beautiful overlook that, Oka, that looks out into the Roanoke Valley and all of downtown Roanoke. And you can just take in these amazing views. And thankfully, this is one of those places, one of these overlooks where they have you know a, uh, a picture on the, the railing and it's pointing out to you what the various things are. Because don't you you go to a lot of places and you're like, oh, I wish I knew what that mountain was, or I wish I knew what that mm-hmm. valley was. Well, thankfully, this particular overlook, it identifies all of the things that you're seeing, which I absolutely loved. And a cool way to do this hike, which a friend of mine just did recently, is to do this as kind of a sunset hike, meaning, I mean, you notice sunset hike is, of course, but getting up there in time for the the Mill Mountain Star to turn on. So basically, almost every day of the year, the star is lit up in white, except for patriotic holidays like Flag Day and July 4th when it's lit, lit up red, white, and blue. So I have not been to the top when it's been lit up. But I imagine that would be really cool because it's something you can see just for miles. It kind of welcomes people into the the Blue Ridge region, this massive star.
0: It's really cool. It is really cool. So I was there when it turned on the other night. And I didn't do that deliberately. Yeah, I I didn't do it deliberately, but I just happened (laughs) to be up there and it was getting dark and the star turned on. And there were a lot of people up there. It was a weekday, so I was a little bit surprised, but it was a nice day. It was warm. And the reaction from the crowd was like, oh. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing really fancy when it turns on. It just literally turns on. But everybody's oh. so excited when it happens. Um, yeah, that it gets a big crowd reaction. And wow. and also you can drive right up to that's it. That's what so. I was
1: gonna say. It's worth noting that you can drive up and there's yes. a handful of parking spaces up there as well as some restrooms. So. yes
0: all of those things um and mill mountain when you go when you drive up there towards the star you're also going to pass the entrance to the blue ridge parkway so you're that close to the blue ridge parkway and it's also a very popular mountain biking spot too so as i was driving up there were mountain bikers just zipping past one after oh, the other yeah. after the other and it was really amazing to me because uh, that's a pretty steep climb up that mountain yeah. even in a yeah. car and these you know, bikers were just flying right by. So Uh um, yeah, it was really cool. And a lot of them were stopping at the star um, on their way. So it's, it's a really cool journey. You can hike around the trails on the mountain, but you can also just drive right up to the star if, you know, let's just say things aren't going your way with the kids that day. That's right. It might be easier just to drive right to it. Yeah, it's definitely a must-see when in Roanoke, I think yeah definitely okay well let's just touch on one more and then i think we'll leave the rest for the listeners to have to read on their own (laughs) you don't want to go through all 52 come on (laughs) i mean i would but this would go on forever right um so the last one i wanted to touch on was turtle island trail and this one is at smith mountain lake state park talk about what turtle island is So Turtle Island, it's, you, you
1: might not even know it's an Island. It's a very small Island kind of the end of, at the end of this Turtle Island trail. And it's a really short hike. I think it's less than two miles and you, you get to the point of the Island and you cross over this small bridge and it's kind of just barely broken off from the mainland, but you know, enough to be considered an Island. And it's got this little walk. It's maybe 0.1 mile around the perimeter of the Island, but it is, it is really cool and it's really beautiful. And, um, you know, the reason I liked this hike and including a hike from Smith Mountain Lake is that so many people think of Smith Mountain Lake as it's where you go houseboating or it's where you, you know, get on jet skis or, you know, it's all kinds of water sport activities. Like that's Mm -hmm. why you go. I think most people don't know, you know, there's more than a dozen hiking trails at Smith Mountain Lake State Park. So it was cool to kind of expose people to, uh, you know, to this hike and, you know, just letting people know that there's these, you know, um, hiking opportunities, nice shaded hiking opportunities where you can see the water, enjoy the shade of the forest and experience the Smith Mountain Lake area in a different way than, you know, solely from the water. So that was really fun. And it's just a, it's just a hike that kids like. And it's one of those trails. I always love these trails where they, the trees are marked with one of those, um, you know, one of those like rectangular, um, not a plaque or just a little sign. That looks like a trail kind of like marker. A it will, the tree. ones that look, that look kind of like a large playing card and yeah, it, like it has blaze. like the name of
0: the tree. Yeah. But oh, these I'm the sorry. The, the, informational, the, that... the informational, the informational. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. Be, this is one of those where it lists, you know, the different trees, whether like oak or chestnut or, you know, tulip poplar, the different mm-hmm. types of trees that you'll see on the hike. And I always think that's fun. You know, a light educational experience, letting people know, you know, letting kids know what types of trees they'll, they'll interact with. Out there. Yeah. And also where the where the tulip, where, sorry, where the Turtle Island Trail is, if you cross the park road, there's a couple of other trails on the other side that are all also very short and worthwhile. And then I think if you just continue driving past it, you'll reach, it's not a visitor center, but there's an area with like a playground and some nice water views. So that whole area where these particular trails are at the park is just very kid friendly.
0: It is. What I love about Smith Mountain Lake State Park is that most of the trails, you can see the water from where you're walking in the forest. And there's a lot of benches where you can yes, just stop and yeah, and, <laughs> and enjoy the water if that's what you want to do. Um, but Smith Mountain Lake is a dam. It's not a natural lake. And the area was dammed up. And you have written in here that kids will no doubt go wide-eyed when they learn that the tiny sunken town of Monroe is located under Smith Mountain Lake. Talk about that. Ooh, that's a good one. It's really
1: fun to be able to talk to kids about how when a dam was created, there was a town underneath and it actually covered up the town and people don't know that there was a town underneath. The visitor
0: center is a <laughs> wonderful place to find information about this. The, so the, it's a mountainous area. And when they built the dam um, and filled it up, what ends up happening is you could like be standing on the land, but you walk just five feet into the water and it's a huge drop straight down because it's what used to be a mountainside. And now it's, you know, now it's all underneath the water. So the actual lake is deep enough. Put the Statue of Liberty underwater and then another half Statue of Liberty on top of it. Like that's how deep Smith Mountain that's lake is. That's is amazing. It very really deep. is. Um, <laughs> and supposedly there's like bridges That had been built before it was a dam, like a bridge going from one mountainside to another that is still fully intact underneath the lake now. And, you know, people have. Um, gone down with camera, like gone under the water, like scuba dive, I guess, with cameras, and have actually been able to find the bridge that is unbelievably still intact underneath the lake. That's, so that's amazing. That's yeah, I mean, I'm it's so- amazing to me, and that's what I like <laughs> about your book, Aaron, Is that, like I said, this doesn't need to be fifty-two hikes with kids. If it's, you know, it, it's certainly suitable for kids. That was the idea. But you, these these hikes are great for anybody. I mean, this is all fascinating information that I think anybody would find interesting. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, definitely. I think you you touched on fun
1: fact. I think with each of the hikes, there's like something a little bit fun or something that your kids might find interesting or quirky or silly that have to do with each of the hikes or, you know, sometimes it's like that, or sometimes it's kind of tips on, um, you know, the junior ranger activity book or, you know, something to get them excited about the hike beyond just the hike.
0: Yeah. So you had mentioned to me that before you started writing this book, there were a lot of areas of Virginia you had never been to before. Was there anything that surprised you while you were doing the research for this book? I think I was surprised by just how many kind of natural
1: wonders there are in Virginia. You know, you touched on um, the Grand Canyon of the South at, you know, Breaks Interstate Park. We talked a little bit about the Great Channels, which is this you know, curious sandstone maze that's on top of a mountain. I mean, those are both really amazing. There's another one called Sand Cave that's down also in Southwest Virginia. So, you know, something called Natural Tunnel. I mean, just so many amazing, you know, naturally formed, um, just formations that are all across the state and and more specifically in Southwest Virginia. Like, it was just kind of cool. Like, I had no idea. I always talk about, and I think I might have said this to you before, is um, so many people up here where I live up in the Northern part of the state, they think that the state ends at I-81 where Virginia tech is, you know, they don't Mm -hmm. realize that if you keep going down 81, there's so much more, it just keeps going. Mm -hmm. And there's so many, you know, beautiful mountains and like I said, caves and just viewpoints and overlooks. And you really would just be astounded to go down there and see all this natural beauty that people don't realize is there. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think when I first started, and I think actually this is something I used in pitching an article at some point is, you know, more people that I know up in this area have been to the Grand Canyon than have been to the Grand Canyon of the South, you know, being breaks interstate much, you know, or even have heard of it. Yeah. So, you know, it's amazing to be able to just, you know, inform people and, and kind of spread the word that there is all this beauty in our state. You don't have to go out to Arizona. You can just, you know, drive a few hours down 81 to see all of
0: this beauty. That's exactly right. The heart of Appalachia, I think, is one of the most beautiful parts of our state. So let's tell people how they can find your book, Hiking with Kids, Virginia, 52 Great Hikes for Families. Is it available now? It
1: is available now. Thank you. It's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I look back and I actually sent in the first book proposal, Um, I think it was June 1st, 2020. And it's amazing to see like now I I actually have a physical copy in my hands and it's, it's real. I can't believe it, but it's very exciting. So it's, it's available on Amazon. It's also on target.com and walmart.com. And, um, I think some outdoor retailers in the state will also have it available. So I'll, I'll be very excited to see it that first time, you know, in a bookshop, uh, in an outdoor store. So I'm, I'm ready for that.
0: I'm ready for it, too. I'm also very excited <laughs> for you, Erin. So Thank how you. else? Yeah. How else can people connect with you? We mentioned your website, which is gohikevirginia.com. But can people find you on social media? Yeah. So both on
1: Instagram and, and on Facebook. I'm just a, at go hike Virginia. So I like to post about, you know, various hikes, obviously. And I've been putting up a lot of Instagram reels lately on different hikes that I've done and around the state or kind of um, like roundups of, you know, best hikes in Charlottesville or in Winchester or that kind of thing, just to, just to help people further find hikes uh,
0: through a visual means. Yeah, Everything you put out there is a wonderful resource, whether it's a website, a book, something on social media. <laughs> you're, you're definitely doing a great job informing people of what there is to do right here in Virginia. So oh, thank that's, you. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's been fun. Yeah. So I think we're going to wrap it up. But real quickly, um, what is one piece of gear you can't live without? I have to say, I actually have two pieces of gear. One really isn't a piece of gear, but the
1: first one is Microspikes. I guess Microspikes isn't actually... I think that's the brand. I think they're called hiking spikes. Mm -hmm. So basically kind of the metal spikes that you put on your shoes so that you can uh, maintain traction when you're on wintry, icy and snowy trails. So I would say definitely that. My son and I, we were hiking, I think this was last year and it ended up being like the iciest trail I've ever been on. And I had one pair of micro spikes with me and I let him wear them and I, I just held his hands the whole way <laughs> because I was just sliding and there were definitely some times where it was, it was so steep that, uh, and this was just a, a like a regional park up here in Northern Virginia. And I just sat down on my butt and I literally just slid down. <laughs> so I was like, it's going to be so much easier to just slide to the bottom <laughs> than to do anything else. So he would, yeah. So he would grab my hand and he would, he would hold on to me. And pull me up the hill anyway. So, yeah, micro I I live and die by them now in, in winter, especially because you know, up here in Northern Virginia, it might be one kind of weather, but then you go into the Shenandoah Valley and you've got a whole other different weather um, in winter. So, you never know what you're going to get. So, it's good. I, on all winter hikes, I always have a pair that I throw in my backpack. And then I would say year round, this isn't gear, but I use the All Trails app, mm-hmm. not trying to be a commercial, not a commercial, but um, I just like the GPS enabled trails. They just keep me on the trail. That's really. Mm-hmm the biggest thing is, um, you know, I can find hikes on there and I can map my own hikes so I can, you know, check them out later, but, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to kind of look at it and make sure that I'm still on the right path. And, you know, I haven't diverted off onto some other trail that I shouldn't be on. So I found it to be really helpful.
0: Yeah, that's all great. I love the Gaia GPS. I also okay a yes. commercial, not an advertisement here, but I do <laughs> really love Gaia GPS and Virginia State Parks uses the Avenza app. So you can okay download the all the tra- the trail maps to every single Virginia State Park before you even leave your house and, and be able to see where you're at on the map while you're using it. So Yeah,
1: I think that's what you talked about. I think that's super important is like A, to have a map before you leave your house and B, to download the map because a lot of times so I pay for the pro version of my app. I don't know if either of these two have pro versions or if you can just download the maps with them, um, you know, the, the everyday basic version. But, you know, sometimes I'll get to a trailhead and I don't have any service anymore. So it's nice to have downloaded that map already to know mm-hmm. where I'm going. And especially when I'm with my kids, like I want to be like darn sure that I know where I'm going, you know, and I know whether I should turn left at this trail or I'll turn right and, uh, you know, just for, and also just for personal safety, just to know which way to go on the trails.
0: Gaia has a free and a pro version, and okay. um, Avenza is completely free. Um, some maps might have a price attached, but not the state park maps. Those are all completely free. Nice. Um, so, do you have a next big Virginia outdoor adventure? I guess I do. It's it's maybe not a you know single adventure, but I'm working
1: on my third hiking guidebook right now, and it's all about hiking forty of the high points across Virginia. So, which is kind of exciting, and I've actually hiked about. I think 23 of them so far. And over the next two, three months, I need to hike the remaining 17 that are on my list. So I guess that's kind of my next adventure, but it's going to be broken up into, you know, mini adventures, maybe like seven or eight mini adventures over the next um, couple of months because July 1st is my deadline to um, get all the copy in and photos and maps and everything from all the hikes. So
0: so you don't have a lot of time then, do you? You've got a lot of hiking to do.
1: I know, exactly. I, I felt like I've been putting it off because, you know, it was. It was cold and I don't mind hiking in cold weather, but, you know, I kind of wanted kind of better photos and better views. So I've been kind of waiting for it to green up, but now I've got all these hikes kind of, you know, backed up that I need to do. And, but yeah, I've, I've put together a bunch of, you know, two and three and four day itineraries. And I think, um, you know, like you, I want to make sure I see everything that I want to see while I'm in these destinations. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I keep adding days, you know, the itinerary keeps getting bigger. I'm like, Oh, I can fit, you know? Three hikes and visits to these other five sites in one day,
0: you know. So yeah, and the next thing you know, your two day trip turns into a week long trip. Yes, <laughs> You're yes, trying to exactly. do everything. So there's exactly. another book that we have to expect coming from you, right? So yeah, so that's
1: that's the well, that's the third one. I actually have a second book on coastal trails of Virginia, Maryland, and Delaware that's coming out in August. So look wow. for that too. That'll be exciting. Those are I, all, as you can imagine, easy, flat, coastal, wetlands trails.
0: Yeah, well, Erin, I think we're gonna have to have you back on the show to talk about the other books too. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Erin, thank you so much for being a guest on Virginia Outdoor Adventures. I do love this book and encourage everybody to pick it up. It's Hiking with Kids Virginia 52 Great Hikes for Families. And this is a Falcon Guides um, publication as well. So you know, look for the yellow and black cover and um, a picture. Are are these your kids on the cover by any chance or something? Yeah, exactly. It's funny to look them because my, my
1: son is in the front and he's got short hair now, but he, he, he actually got a haircut recently, but he hadn't had a haircut in two years since the pandemic. So he looks very different now. <laughs> so, he looks so he looks so young here, but yeah, those, those are my, I have four kids. And so those are my two youngest kids. And we were at little stony Man cliffs. Actually, I should have asked you, I should have asked you if you knew where it was. I'm sure you could tell.
0: Yeah. Um, now that you mentioned I do yeah, it I can tell that it's a little stony man, but I wouldn't have known if you hadn't told me. So um, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of neat. Well, anyway, I do love this book and and highly encourage everybody to check it out. And Aaron, maybe we'll have you back on the show to talk about your other books, but thank you for sharing some details about this one. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I had a really I had a great time chatting with you about this. Okay. Well, then I'll see you out on the trail, I hope. Exactly. We'll do. <laughs> All right. Ad- adventure on. <laughs> Links and resources to everything discussed today are in the notes section of your listening app and on the website at virginiaoutdooradventures.com. If you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting me. The easiest and most impactful thing you can do is visit buymeacoffee.com backslash Jessica Bowser, where you can buy me a virtual coffee or sign up for a membership and receive a Virginia Outdoor Adventures vinyl sticker and a shout out on the show. I'm on a mission to build an outdoor community right here in Virginia. A donation or membership means you're supporting a local community of outdoor adventurers, a diverse platform that elevates everyone's voice, a resource of activities and locations close to home, local Virginia businesses, and women in podcasting and the outdoor industry. You can also support me by subscribing to the show on your listening app, Help spread the word by sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends or on social media. Last but not least, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I love hearing from my listeners. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Virginia Outdoor Adventures or on the website virginiaoutdooradventures.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, adventure on.